Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing about relationships, marriage, and love languages. It is February and love is in the air, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, but fair warning, things may get a little bit spicy today. So we encourage earmuffs or maybe mature listeners only. Probably mature mm-hmm. listeners only. Um, but before we dive in, Gina, we have not spoken in like three weeks. I mean, other than the usual texting back and forth every yeah. day. So what's been Doesn't going count. on? You're a year older. I am a year older. Yeah, I turned 37 um, last Thursday, which, you know, obviously when you're in your third, anytime after I feel like 20, 21, your birthdays just aren't the same. Not that I dread my birthdays. Actually, I'm not quite to that age yet. I don't know when that starts to happen. I actually really look forward to my birthdays. Are you the same way? No, I'm not a big birthday person. No, I love my birthday. I love getting the texts all day long. I love just being spoiled by my family. I don't know. I just, I just love it. <laughs> I, you know, my, my dad always brings me to dinner with his wife, Paula, and my brother usually comes. We go somewhere fancy. We went to the casino this year and, you know, I get a nice dinner from my husband We or we go out with friends. I mean, it's always, and it lasts, it goes on and on and on, especially when my birthday is during the week because we'll celebrate it on that day, but then we'll also, also celebrate it on the weekend. So I don't know. I just, I love birthdays. I can't complain. Yeah. Even though I'm a year older. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so it was Nick's birthday on the 12th and then my birthday on the 30th. Then Cameron's birthday is in three weeks on February 20th. He's going to be three. And then Paige is like, and then my birthday. Poor thing. I'm like, yeah, then your birthday. Six months later. (laughs) Yeah. She's not quite, uh, she's just trying to figure that one out, but she'll get it. All right. So speaking of Paige, a a little update on her. You know, I'm trying really hard to instill in her a good relationship with exercise. And I want her to see me having a good relationship with exercise. And I've noticed lately that she'll be running or, I don't know, doing something. Generally, it's running, like running to the car or running to the door. And she'll say, this is exercise, right, mom? And, you know, a, a little part of me is like, oh, gosh, is she... Um, thinking too much about this. She's calling everything out as being exercise or I talk about this too much. But then I'm like, you know what? No, I think this is good. I think as long as I, if, as long as I continue to have a good relationship with exercise, I think I will be able to instill that same relationship in her. But she has wanted to start exercising with me and I, I kind of like it. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. So we went on a run a few weeks ago, actually. Uh, it was really like a, it was obviously not a run. I would say it was more like a jog and then we walked. It was like an interval run where we would walk for the, you know, uh, 20 feet and then jog for 20 feet, walk, jog for about a mile. And then, of course, she said she was getting tired, which I completely understand. And she really liked it. And she's been asking me to do it every weekend. And so I don't know. And she's got this good gait going on. I mean, I feel like she might be a runner one day. That's I'm awesome. definitely not a runner. I would not consider myself a runner. I like to run, but I've never been a competitive other than sprinting and track. But I think maybe she'll be a runner. I don't know. It's obviously way too early to tell. But as of now, she does enjoy that. 
that was one update of mine. What about your kids? Do they do, do they say anything about exercise or is this exercise mom? Do they ever say anything like that? Shay's in this phase right now where she doesn't like to get sweaty. I'm like, oh, oh, geez, you are not my child. Because to me, exercise is the most fulfilling if I sweat, which is, we've mm-hmm. talked about this, a major pitfall to my exercise routine. But um, no, I would <laughs> when say- When does she kid- sweat though? Um. Uh, Oh, actually at ice skating, which is ironic because she's okay. always like, I need, you know, like uh, snow pants and a jacket and mittens mm-hmm. and then she's got a helmet on and, you know, she's busy. Oh, yeah. Um, that so makes she comes sense. Off, the, off the ice and she's she's sweaty. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. shower night. And she's like, no, my kids hate taking a shower. Um, so do my kids. Well, they hate getting their hair wet. So. Yeah. No, no wet hair. No wet hair, mommy. That's what Cameron always says. I'm like, uh, no, actually, yes, wet hair. Sorry. Well, and Shay's hair is out of control. So it's so long <laughs> and she won't let me cut it. But yeah, I would say exercise, not so much. Healthy food. Is this healthy? Is that healthy? Yeah. Is this he- is this chocolate cu- cupcake healthy? I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, they're, they're, they're paying attention, but obviously we don't want it to turn into something yeah. negative, but yep. there's a fine line. Um. All right. So next is that we... So I just said that Cameron is turning three in the, at the end of this month. So February 20th, which is so sad, but yet so exciting. So we decided to tr- trans, um, transfer him to a, I, would, I wouldn't call it a toddler bed. It's a toddler bed, but it's the same size as a crib. So you know how you can take the railing off your crib and it becomes mm-hmm. a bed? Yep. So we didn't do that, actually, although our crib does allow for that. We have a bed that is closer to the ground, not a crib. There's no siding, but it's the same size as a crib. Um, so it's a, it's a toddler bed, but if you look up for sheets for a toddler bed, you have to make sure that they say fit a crib. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, you know, the idea here is that he, he's more independent. He can get out on his own and you better believe he does. <laughs> so we originally did this so he could start getting out of bed and going to the bathroom, which, you know, we said maybe he'd do it. Maybe he wouldn't. Well, he's definitely not doing that. But he is getting out of bed like five times when we put him to bed, you know, before he eventually falls asleep. So we had to go in and end up shutting the door. We'll say, okay, Cameron, if you get out of bed one more time, we're going to shut the door. And inevitably, he gets out of bed one more time. So we shut the door. Uh, but it's been a good, I think, a smooth transition. So he, he transitioned to a toddler bed and then also started preschool, which I think I mentioned the la- on the last episode. Mm-hmm. So he's gone through a lot of changes. And I think he's really taking them really well. I'm pretty proud of him. Definitely easier than with Paige. Paige did not, she did really well transferring to a toddler bed, but did not have a good transition to preschool. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she cried for the first two months. And I think as of now, Cameron has finally finished crying at drop off. He cried for the first week, which I think is to be expected, mm-hmm. uh, but he's doing really well now. Oh, good. I was wondering about him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm happy about that. Uh, that just makes so, it hard okay. to go to work when you drop off your yes. kid and they're crying. It's like, oh. Uh-huh. And he would, the first week, he would, he would just look at me with his red face and say, mommy. And like, mm. and then at the end, he would just start waving me and saying, bye-bye, mommy. Aww. Like, he was just so sad. And it was just the saddest thing. But now he just kind of starts playing and goes off on his own, which is good. I'm good. definitely, it's a happier, yes, trek to, to work that way. All right couple more things. So my thyroid update, in case anyone is interested on the last episode. <laughs> Me, I because about, I was like ready to fire your doctor for you. <laughs> so it turns out, so I ended up going to an endocrinologist. He says that even though the TSH, which by the way, this is hilarious. They asked me for my 
they asked me to write on the my registration form at the endocrinologist what labs I have that are concerning me. And I wrote, um, <laughs> what did I write? T- oh my gosh, what is it? THC. Yes, THC. I was going to say PCH. <laughs> THC, 5.6. And yes. he looks at me and he goes, do you mean TSH? <laughs> I was like, oh shit. That's yes, awesome. <laughs> Probably made his day. Did he laugh? Because he wanted to, for sure. Oh, he did. Okay. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Anyway, that was interesting. So I, I, he basically said the TSH is an indirect measurement of thyroid, but it is very accurate. And almost all of the time when your TSH is high, it means your thyroid is low. And I told him that my doctor had submitted my, for my T3, my T4 as well, and that it came back normal. And he said that that is a very dynamic, I mean, it's always changing. So it could very easily actually be low, but just, it just so happened that at that blood draw, it was normal. And I didn't really ask him that many questions. Like, how does that work? I just, I really, I took his word because he is an endocrinologist. He's not an OBGYN. Mm-hmm. He's an endocrinologist who was telling me that. So I did trust him. He basically said, I would put you, I, I don't think it was a bad choice to put you on thyroid medicine, but I would definitely start you at a much lower dose than 50, which is what my OBGYN had put me on when I had the heart palpitations. He said, that was way too much to start you on. He said, I would recommend either 25 or even half of that. So I I think my coworker sent us a message. I think she said she's on like 12.5. 12.5. So yes. Okay. So that's what I started at. I mean, there's, they don't even actually make Mm 12.5, at least not in Synthroid that I'm aware of. I think the lowest is 25, but I started cutting it in half. So technically, yeah, I'm, I'm taking 12.5. Uh, micrograms actually is what it is. Uh, although I'm going to start most likely tomorrow because I, I feel good on it. I'm going to start taking 25 um, and see how. Oh, she said she takes 125 micrograms. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Difference. Yeah, I think 12.5 is, is really it's not a dose that most people take. It's really just you'll take that if you want to ease your way into thyroid medicine. That's how I how I hear okay. it. Like that's not a very con- it's not really even a, a normal dose. I mean, I had to cut it in half. She may not. I, she might have had her thyroid removed too. Actually, yeah. People are. Yeah, I've heard. I, we had like a few people message us on Instagram saying that they're taking a, a much larger dose, like a hundred something or other. Um, and I think that's that's common. Um, but for me, I'm easing my way up to most likely twenty five, and I'm going to see if that helps. And if not. So you have hypothyroidism. Correct. Okay. Yes. Hmm, Interesting. Yeah. So I'll keep you updated on that one. But so far, the 12.5, I'm feeling good. I'm going to try the 25 micrograms at least sometime this week. Cool. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And then my last update is that I got braces, which you probably haven't even seen on Instagram, anyone who's listening, because I've actually posted very few photos of me with my braces. (laughs) So basically, it was... um, all for vanity reasons. I didn't really need braces. I have this tooth that's to the right of my front teeth that has always been really, really high compared to the other one next to my front teeth. And it almost looks like in pictures, I'm missing a tooth. I realize that no one else has noticed this but me. In fact, everyone I've talked to about it, they're always like, well, I never noticed that. That's very common. I mean, you always notice more things about yourself than anyone else does. We are our own worst critics. I get it. But it always bothered me. And really, I wasn't going to do anything about it because braces are super expensive and I don't want to waste money on something that's so vain. But uh, I got a really good deal on braces. I know that sounds weird. Our insurance covered half. 
And I was going in to get new retainers anyway. My dentist or orthodontist said he would give me one of my retainers for free. So I ended up only spending an extra $200 on these braces. Oh, wow. So how long do you have to wear them? So I only had to wear them for, he said, three to six months. But I will say this, the tooth has already come down. Wow. Uh, so when he put them on, the wire went up and then down. It was like a, um, it went straight across my teeth and then went up and then down. Because you could like basically because mm-hmm. my tooth went is up. So it is now the wire is level and it is completely even. And I'm almost like, so am I done? It's been two weeks. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Has, are your teeth tender? I remember that from braces. They were at first. In fact, the first week I would say it was terrible. I was like, what did I think? What was I thinking? But it's really not that bad. Um, the worst thing about it is that there's like rubbing up against my, my yeah. upper lip and it just is making sores in my lip. And it's not, you know, I'll be at work and, you know, eat something green and I'll find a piece of broccoli in my teeth like two hours <laughs> later. Like I did today on my way home from work. You're like, um, oh, all afternoon hanging that's out. Great. I knew I, I knew I tasted something bitter. Gosh, I've been sucking on this broccoli all day long. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping I have another appointment with him in three weeks. And I'm curious to see if this is normal that this happened so fast or if he expected it to happen this fast. Because he also said there's a couple other things in my teeth that he wants to fix. So I'm expecting to keep him in for at least another couple months. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And you, do, I can't tell. I, I have a coworker who has Invisalign and I can definitely, she has a little bit of a lisp when she has the plates in. Well, um, that's what I hear about Invisalign, that you, you, your speech is different and they're just more of a pain they're, and, they, and they take longer. Yeah. So I would much takes, rather personally do yeah. this. And yeah. it's more expensive, I hear too. Yeah. I don't know. So maybe I, I could have gotten I the, be the more clear about braces. My teeth, <laughs> no, I'm sure you, you have good teeth. Um, I, I could have gotten the clear braces, uh, but it was an extra $400. And if I'm only keeping them on for two to three months, I just thought that was pointless. Might as totally. well save the money. Yeah. What about you? What's up? Uh, per the usual, I got hurt playing tennis a couple of weeks. Well, like a week and a half ago. I mm-hmm. never get hurt playing hockey. It's always tennis. I, I just, huh. <laughs> I know those two sports think. are so different. <laughs> tennis, yeah. the one of... I mean, etiquette to the max and then you have tennis or I'm sorry, hockey. Um, But I always roll my ankles playing tennis because it is a very both sports are agility based. Right. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. stop, start, turn on a dime uh, kind of stuff. And, you know, with hockey, there's just especially I have new custom, pretty new custom skates and the support is just there where in tennis it it isn't. So I tend to roll my ankle more. So I kind of got out of the workout groove in addition to as always, it seems I'm my body is desperately trying to get some type of crud, which it seems like everybody in Michigan, at least, is sick. If it's mm-hmm. not the flu or the coronavirus, just kidding, um, like something is is going on. So if I, I just I've been hitting, you know, vitamin C and just fluids and trying to nurse my ankle back to health and chill out, but kind of out of the workout groove, which is so unlike me. I actually ended up like forcing a Peloton workout because I had I have like. 60 some weeks straight of workouts. Oh, wow. I know. Just to come back. So I yeah, had to get can't I, break that. Yeah, I, I had to get a shorty in there. Um, so <laughs> I'm just nursing that back to health. Um, I it was at my book club actually a couple of weeks ago. Somebody mentioned the cookbook Thug Kitchen. Have mm-hmm. you heard of I it? I think I've heard of it. I feel like I heard of it. I heard it from you. I guess Probably. 
Because as oh, okay. soon as I posted on Instagram, like on my stories, my DMs blew up and people were like, it's the best cookbook. And it has like 7,500 reviews on Amazon. But I heard about it a long time ago. Yeah, it wasn't from you then. I don't think it's super new. I could be wrong. But it is a vegan cookbook. And okay. I think I mentioned it on the last podcast. I'm in full support. 2020 seems to be all about plant-based diets. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Mm-hmm to the extreme veganism, but I'm all about plant-based stuff. And so I'm really enjoying the cookbook. One of my friends is, um, he and his girlfriend are cooking a lot. So we've been comparing recipes and, um, yeah. Awesome. And so I'm, I'm linking that in the show notes to Thug Kitchen. Uh, okay. okay. And then I, I think we have to post it on our Facebook page. I sent, wait, wait, video. hold on before you move on from plant-based diets. Yeah, I have to tell you, I just received a sample of a new plant-based hot dog that apparently is made from sunflower seeds. Shut up. Um, and I have them in my freezer right now. Actually, no, I just took them out of the freezer. They're thawing and I'm going to have them for dinner one night this um, week. And I will definitely post on our Instagram whether they're good or not, because my boss said she tried them and they're like the best hot dog she's ever had. And they're plant-based. I love hot dogs. And yeah, you also know my thoughts too. on processed meats. So if this tastes good, I will be very, very excited. Anyway, I'll let you guys know. All right. You must report back. Blood. I will. And I want, hopefully they're available in like major real t- retailers. Yeah. I don't know about that. It, they might be one day, but I think as of now, it's a will you become company, my dog supplier? <laughs> will you start like <laughs> shipping me hot dogs? Um, <laughs> although if they're, if they're good, if they're made from sunflower seeds, they may be like shelf stable maybe I'm sure there's other stuff in them that probably isn't shelf stable. I don't know. I'll have to read more about the ingredients. I just know they're made from sunflower seeds. I didn't really delve into the ingredients and nutrition facts. I think there was about 160 calories, but they were this, they were like a large dog. It was, it looked like a a regular size dog times two. Wow. Only 160 calories, which I thought was. Yeah. There's, so there's definitely something other than sunflower seeds in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. There's Yeah. I, I need to look. I need to do some more. Maybe a tofu or something. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Maybe soy. Probably some soy. Yes. It'd be weird if there was tofu in there, but soy possibly. I don't know. Um, you're you're much more into the product stuff. Um, I, I know it's true. Okay, that's my job. You have to you have to update us. Okay, um, I so I posted on my Facebook, my personal Facebook video that I found <laughs> and. Gina and I, our families were meeting up at Great Wolf, Great Wolf Lodge in a couple of weeks. And there was this video of one of the workers going to town dancing. <laughs> and the caption is something like, don't tell this Great Wolf Lodge worker that he's not Beyonce. And it's the one that we're going to. It's it's. Yeah. Um, and I told Gina, I was like, I'm going to be so disappointed if we don't catch up with this guy. Like he he's legit. I mean, <laughs> so we'll post he that on our cool. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. He. I'll, I'm going to be his best friend if he's there uh, the night that we're there. Um, so the that was just fun. Cracked me up. And we're super looking forward to the trip. Uh, my girls won't stop talking about it. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw, but we had a million and one people over for Super Bowl. I don't saw actually it, know yes. where the idea came from. I'm sure it came from like one night standing at the hockey rink and somebody was like, the Morrissey should have a Super Bowl party. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> unlikely but let me run that one past mark and he didn't say no so I basically just started planning and then the Mm -hmm. guest list just kind of grew and I wasn't really expecting to have kids like I because anyway I was kind of planning to it to be adult only and then people RSVP'd with kids and that was fine whatever so we had 
uh, it was supposed to be 45 people. One got sick, two got sick, three got sick. Okay. Um, so we only had 42. <laughs> only 42 people. Only 42 oh my people. Gosh. <laughs> it was insane. But my house has never been cleaner. Um, I will be eating chili until at least July. And <laughs> we have so much beer in this house. It's ridiculous. Maybe we um, should re um reconsider where we go for our in in two weeks. Maybe we should just go to your house. I was here. Sounds good. Oh my gosh. So much. So much food. Um, but we had a lot of fun. It was it was a really good time. People, it was just it was great. And good. it was funny because all these people over and, you know, obviously being on Eastern time, the game goes pretty late. And so right after halftime, I told the kids, I was like, powwow, girls, like before people get here, like, here's mm-hmm. the deal. You've already had a birthday party today. And they had a friend's birthday party. I dropped them off at. And I was like, we have a million people coming to the house. I was like, when mommy says it's bedtime, like we're gone. Like you're going to bed. Yeah. You're staying in your room. Even though there's 40 other people downstairs, like screaming and doing the whole like, woo, from that commercial, <laughs> you know, the woo guy, um, no, but- <laughs> the WWF, I don't know his name, but anyway, oh, um, okay, yeah, you, you would know it if you saw, and yes, I'm sure so there's all this wooing going on and I put him to bed and they stayed in bed, fell asleep nice. immediately. I had the baby wow. monitors and at 10 PM, so two hours after they go to bed, somebody goes, where are your kids? And I'm like, they're in bed. And they were like, when did they go to bed? I'm like, they've been in bed for two hours. They've like, they just stay in bed with all these people here. Cause yeah. all the other kids were there till 11 PM. Oh my gosh. How did those kids wake up the next day? I don't know. I think well, that one just doesn't seem fair. Like to the kids. Yeah. Just crazy. Just crazy. I'm so- judging. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to deal with them. So yeah, we're, I, I'm, Seriously. we're pretty loyal to our schedules. Cause yeah, they had to go to school today. So, yeah, all right. That's that impressive. Was... My kids would never, would never be that good about going to bed. I remember when we were at your house, all of a sudden your kids were asleep and I was like, seriously, that was easy. <laughs> it is. Easy. I mean, we have a whole process. Gosh, every night it has to, the same thing has to happen. It takes like an hour. <laughs> you guys are funny. We need to learn some things from you we'll guys. See, we'll see uh, how great Wolf Lodge goes. Yeah. <laughs> Montessori parenting. It's like, figure it out. You're fine. Good night. Like, and then you leave. <laughs> That's, um, I don't know. It works for us, but all right, we're jumping in. Um, okay. just real quick. Don't forget to, um, head on over to Patreon. And, uh, if you choose to su- support us, that would be great. As little as a dollar can really support the content of our show and keep us grooving along. So check that out. Uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N and Dietitian's Dish when you look us up. So today we are talking marriage, relationships, and love languages. And I think, Gina, you and I have, I I don't know about you, but I personally find the love languages stuff completely fascinating. And um, I think we've discussed, you know, to some extent anyway, that just marriage is not always easy. Relationships are not always easy. And being February, we thought, let's just kind of do, you know, a bit of a different episode on on this topic. So just some stats I pulled off the internet that I find interesting on the topic. Um, it says marriage may not necessarily make you happier, but married adults do live longer, have higher outcome and have higher incomes, not simply because the two incomes mean more money so that, you know, those are independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids in intact families have better educational opportunities and ep- economic well-being. They also have better physical and emotional health. So as, you know, a podcast focused on whole family wellness, we can see that there is strong evidence in support of the family unit, um, 
you know, playing a role in that physical and emotional health of the children. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, less Americans are married and those who do marry are doing so later in life. And I see that trend. Do you? Uh, The the married uh, later later in in life. life. Absolutely. I do. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. My friends. Yes. And having children later, I would say as well. Definitely. Yep. Um, Divorce rates. And I found this interesting. They have actually fallen since the 1980s for marriages that started in the 90s. 70 percent will last at least 15 years. And that's up from 65 percent in the 70s and 80s. So, yeah, I would have thought differently. I thought that the divorce rates were going up. But interesting. Okay. now, 15 years. I mean, that's at the 15 year mark. I don't know that. But I think statistically, if you make it to that point, you're more Mm -hmm. likely to stay married. Um, So these these aren't like. Yeah, they're just kind of snippets of facts. I would say they're not the whole story. But um, when couples split, they're likely to walk down the aisle again, which I Mm -hmm. definitely I I think my friends anyway, a lot of them are entering like marriage number two. I shouldn't say a lot, but some are. Um, And a, a poll found that sharing household chores was the third most important factor for a happy marriage, <laughs> which I, I had to in include. Absolutely. Yeah. Only fidelity and a good sex life ranked higher. Uh, so how does that kind of balance out when hours spent on paid work, childcare, housework are combined? Uh, parents in dual income households, which you and I are both in, have more equal division of labor than parents in single earner households. And I definitely see that to be true. And and a huge reason yeah. as to why I don't think I could be a stay-at-home mom, honestly. Yeah. Could you be doing a lot of household chores? Is that why? <laughs> yeah, because I personally don't find fulfillment in that. I mean, like yeah. once a year, if I'm going to host 42 people, like I can get it mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. But that on a daily basis would not work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, go ahead. Um, well, I just wanted to share a little bit because I think, um, you know, Gina, you know this, but our, our listeners probably don't. Obviously, you know, every relationship kind of has seasons. And I'll be honest in saying that my marriage has is has is in a season of of darkness coming out. Um, and we have really spent a lot of time uh, focusing on our marriage and each other and really kind of how to write write the ship here. And so one of the things I just wanted to mention, and I am linking it in the show notes, is Mark and I did what's called a prepare and enrich marriage inventory. And so it's we haven't completely um, gone through everything, and we can maybe touch on this at a, in a later episode, but the things that we have looked at so far are relationship dynamics. So that was an entire like report. And it basically showed um, five different, I think it was yeah, five different areas. Um, assertiveness, self-confidence, avoidance. Sorry, only four. Assertiveness, self-confidence, avoidance, and partner dominance. And interestingly, Mark and I were very similar in all of those. However, the second part of the inventory was called the scope personality scale. And it had five um, markers. Social, mm-hmm. uh, change, organization, pleasing, and emotional steadiness. And I, when we got the report, I literally had whatever I was drinking coming out of my nose because when you looked at Mark's social (laughs) bar, it was Uh in the low category. And Uh not only was mine in the high, like it was touching the top, like it was, yeah, (laughs) if it could have been off the charts, it, and, but it's interesting because that has opened up a lot of conversation for us. Um, very, very interesting. And then the other one is that pleasing Mark was pretty low on and I was average high. 
And I would have to read exactly what that means. I forgot to bring it up to the lovely bedroom recording studio with me. But um, pleasing basically meaning like, I want to say like not wanting to rock the boat like that. That's and and like that's not important to Mark. And it's a little bit more important to me. Actually, it's quite a bit more important to me. Um, But some of that stuff. I can totally see that between the two of you. Yes. Yes. Him being low, you being high and pleasing. Well, and interestingly, yes. Okay, we'll get into that more. But for anyone who may be going through just a season in your relationship, I just encourage you to Google prepare and enrich uh, marriage inventory and just take a look. For us, this has been instrumental in at least starting conversations. Um, Because I think for me and Mark, I don't think we quite knew how dry the desert was of like relationship depth. Like I didn't realize that we were 100% operational in our relationship until we started actually talking. And now that we're having like in-depth conversations, I think it's been like years, like a lot since we've had anything beyond the surface type conversations. And that's on both of us, you know, it's, but I think in the, you know, the period of life that us and many of our listeners are in with, you know, kids and jobs and I mean, just the hustle and bustle that it it just gets neglected. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, So that's just kind of a a getting us started. So, Gina, kind of jumping back before you and Nick had met, um, did you have any other serious relationships? Okay, I feel like we should actually start this discussion with another question. I'm totally going to change this. Okay. I feel like we should quickly discuss our parents' relationships and whether they're still together. Okay. Okay. Because you said that, uh, what was the stat? Most people, oh, less Americans are married um, and those who do marry, or no, 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 are doing, here we go. When couples split, they're likely to walk down the aisle. That is not what I'm where did I read about when they um, divorce happens earlier rather than later? Is it 15 years? Um, did you say something about divorce? Yeah, for, mar- for marriages that started in the 90s, 70% will last at least four, 15 years. And that's up from the 70s and 80s. That part? No, I could have. Divorce rates have fallen about. since the 1980s. Okay, I'm clearly losing my mind. It doesn't matter. So my parents are one of those who got divorced later in life. So they were married for 30 years and then got divorced um, about, I think, after 30 years of marriage. And then you'd also mentioned that kids in intact families have better educational opportunities and, and economic well-being. They also have better physical and emotional health. And I've told you this before, Nicole. I feel like sometimes I look back and I'm like, would I have been better off with my parents getting divorced earlier? Because mm-hmm. I think that they probably needed to be divorced a little bit earlier than they were. But for those who don't know, they had my mom had my brother at age 40 when I was 13. So they kind of had to start all over again. And I, sometimes I think that they just kind of stayed together until he graduated just to kind of, you know, be provide for us and to have you know more balance for us as kids and for, for him because I was gone. Uh, but I think sometimes I, I don't know whether we would be better off with them being divorced because it wasn't good to see their, their relationship when we were growing up or whether it would have been better with them staying together. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, because not that they ever They weren't, you know, physical with each other or anything um, bad like that or yelling. There was never any yelling or any fighting. It just wasn't a loving relationship that I grew up with. Um, Whereas Nick, my husband, grew up with two parents who were together basically since they were 16 years old and very loving, very touchy-feely, very um, 
just, I mean, they were each other's best friends. And and I did not grow up with that. So sometimes, actually, I know that that's affected me in my relationships. But I'm very thankful to have Nick, who grew up um, seeing what love is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Before we go into it, do you just want to briefly talk about your your parents? Yeah, my parents were actually both previously married. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you yeah, it was very short lived for both of them, I okay. would say. Uh, my father was married. Couldn't even tell you the woman's name. I believe she was unfaithful, if I recall. And okay. they divorced shortly after. Uh, and then my mom married a like a friend from her childhood, is my understanding. And they're still friends today. Like she kind of ha- still runs in that circle somewhat um, it, because they were friends and they were. She, then she was married into it. And my dad is like cool with it. And I love that. I think that's one thing I think going through what, you know, Mark and I have kind of been going through is I'm just more. I don't I'm just paying attention to other people's relationships and and just mm-hmm. kind of like how things shake out. Right. Like good, not in a judgmental way at all, but just like just more aware of what is going on in other people's lives. I know that sounds weird, but no, um, I-, I love that my mom is still good friends with her ex-husband. I don't know. I think that's really yeah, cool. I think that's I think that's great too. But no I, children. I and that's probably why yeah. a lot of people, you know, they didn't have children from their previous marriage. And, but my parents are still together. So they I'm 34. So they've been married 36 years, I want to say. Um, no, I it's probably it was probably 37 years a couple of weeks ago. So 37 years. And I think for, you know, my parents, they have, you know, they've had a very um strong marriage. Uh, my mom is definitely definitely wears the pants. I think the one thing that has shown through for me in my they are ten years apart. My dad is ten years. My mom's elder. Um, and I would say my mom j- j- has just really cared for herself, like physically through diet and exercise. Like she's just very um, health conscious, I guess you could say. And my mm-hmm. dad a lot less so. Um, and so that ten year age gap has really grown to like more seeming like 20. And that's okay. difficult. That's really difficult because my dad is, he's 75. He will be 75 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, is that right? I guess. Yeah. Or 74, something like something that. Around that. 74, yeah. 75. And I mean, that's just kind of the age where a lot of people just start to really slow down and feel their age. And, and you know, yeah. we're there um, with my dad and it's, it's difficult. It's difficult for all of us. Um, and we just want the best for him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Good. I thought, I, I just think that was important to kind yeah, of absolutely. hear where we're coming from here. So, um, but yeah, good role models, I would say for, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any serious relationships prior to marriage for you? If you could call them serious, I guess. <laughs> I dated a guy from sophomore year of high school through, I would say sophomore year of college. So he actually went to Arizona and I went to Miami University in Ohio. So it was long distance. Didn't last too long once we went to college. I think we were together, I guess, until sophomore year, which is actually longer than I would have thought. Uh, After that, some shorter ones. I would say the one that I was in prior to dating Nick was probably the most serious, although it was only about five or six months in length. Uh, But, you know, that's when I was a little bit older, so I knew what I wanted. I was thinking about marriage more. I think I was only only 22, so I thinking about marriage sounds ridiculous, but but yeah, I, I would say that was my most serious after my high school one, which, you know, we were together for four years. It was a long time. He was, he became more of a best friend than a a boyfriend eventually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, that was really it for me. Yeah. 
Uh, I would say my first love was in high school and he and I had nothing in common at all, but he just <laughs> cherished everything about me. And that's hard not to love, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so we dated probably my sophomore year to my senior year. And I broke up with him actually to date my second serious relationship. Um, I met the guy on actually a hockey tournament. He was friends oh. with a girl I played with. I played women's travel. And I saw him and he was dressed head to toe in Abercrombie and Fitch. I'll never forget it. And, oh, he had, like, the cologne. Oh, yeah. Like, he had the whole vibe going for whatever 17-year-old girls want. And um, so dumped my high school sweetheart, I guess you could say, to pursue him. And we went (laughs) to college together. And I have to tell this story because it's so funny. I went to the University of Illinois. Huge, huge, huge university. And freshman year, you know, you're in all your 100-level classes and these huge lecture halls. And I get passed a note in my chemistry lecture that was hundreds on hundreds, probably over a thousand kids. And it's like, are you so-and-so's girlfriend? And I'm like, what? Like it is, I am new to this campus. I don't know who you are. Like what is going on? And I was like, find me after class. Like this is ridiculous. So I meet up with her and she's like, he, I just want you to know he was in my dorm room with my with my roommate until 3 a.m. And I was like, oh, H, no. Oh. So I approached him about it and he was like, yep, that's true. And that was the end of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I always joke because I was placed in the only all girls dorm on campus. My major was nutrition. I was playing women's hockey for the university and my nut- major was nutrition. I was like, I'm never going to meet a man. And so I joined match.com and Wait. Nicole, I was also placed in the only all-girls dorm my freshman year at Miami. Really? And this was after going to an all-girls high school. I was like, can you at least throw me a bone here? Like, (laughs) why would they? (laughs) I was so pissed. Let me tell you. Same. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. And it's like, at at least at U of I, the dorm is small. I'm like, how does one get so unlucky? (laughs) I know. It was terrible. On the outskirts I mean, of campus with all women. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. These are supposed to be the best days. Not so oh, much. Freshman year was no was no good. Oh, I I loved freshman year, and then that's when I met Mark. Um, so I was eighteen when we yeah. met, and I w- we were married by the time I was twenty three. So yeah, oh, I was wow. pretty young. Yeah, yeah, that is young. I I met Nick when I was twenty three, and he was twenty seven. So we mm-hmm. married when I was thirty. No, I was 29. I was 29 when we got married. Okay. Yeah. A little bit later then. Yeah. Um, okay. So what are your love languages in order of highest importance or ranking? And you yeah, can so ours like, are really similar. Um, 10 for me was acts of service. Uh, nine, words of affirmation. Seven, quality time. Four, physical touch, which truthfully I thought was going to be number one for me. But it's four. And then zero receiving gifts. And here's the ironic thing. You love to um, receive gifts. <laughs> no, I, no, I do not. I do. Of course, I love to receive gifts. But no, the ironic thing is that Nick, his way of showing loves is by giving gifts, which is really sad because oh. I'm a zero at receiving gifts. Because you Ever don't since give two hoots. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sure. I love, like he got me a, a gift card to Athleta for my birthday, which was because I need new workout clothes so badly. And yes, I'm super excited about that gift. Um, he's gotten me some great gifts in the past. I love getting gifts, but that is not how I feel loved. I love to get gifts. It doesn't make me feel loved getting gifts. Uh-huh. Um, but that's how he and his family show love. And I've always known that, but that's just not how I feel loved. Um, so no, so definitely uh, acts of service for me and then words of affirmation, okay. which it looks like are similar for you. 
Yeah. I mean, for me, words of affirmation, I scored 12, which is higher than any of yours. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty off the charts with affirmation. Uh, seven was acts of service. So quite a jump, I would say. Down. Yours are a little bit more even. Like 12 yeah. is pretty high for me. And then seven acts of service. Five was quality time, four receiving gifts, and then two was physical touch. And it's so true. Like, I love giving hugs and like getting hugs, Mm -hmm. but to be like a touchy feely person, and this is not just romantically. I mean, if I have, if I'm stressed out or just had a day or it's any day, and then my kids want to like be on me Mm. and oh I can't like I sometimes feel like I'm going to crawl out of my skin and I I feel like such a crap mom saying that but sometimes to me it's just too much like touch is not my and oh like the couples who like spoon all night oh I couldn't that is my worst nightmare like get away from me I am sleeping yeah Um, you know what though we went two it's not zero so (laughs) Not like my receiving gifts. Okay, that's true. It's funny. I actually do very much like Nick and I love to spoon in bed. What do we call it? We just call it. Oh, I know what we call it. When when we first started dating, like he would hug me so tight in bed and I would say he was, we were morphing into each other. <laughs> so we call it morphing. I know that's Aww. so weird, but yeah, it's, I know, super cute. I actually cute. do. And I love it when he slaps my butt. I love it when he comes and gives me a kiss on the neck, but. I guess I was I was shocked that I only got four for for physical touch. I honestly thought it would be much higher than that. So I guess I prefer score you higher for physical touch. Yeah, Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. Okay, I'm gonna get real personal. Who initiates sex more? Oh gosh, who initiates? Okay, if you have to think about it, this kind of goes to the next question, Nicole. Okay, am I jumping ahead? Okay, all right, let's go. Ahead. No, no, I, I just don't want to. My answer would. Okay, so the next question is, how do you feel about scheduled intimacy? Which I want to say, I absolutely <laughs> hate scheduled intimacy. And we actually started scheduling sex probably when we were even before we had kids, because I would I I started to get I I start to get a little bit paranoid, and this is coming from a divorced family, I would say, and coming from a family or a a set of parents who aren't very loving and don't ever really showed love in front of me very well. I was always very paranoid in any relationship that I had that if one thing was off, then we were doomed. So for a while, after I started dating Nick, because at first, you know, you're having sex all the time. And then after a few years, it starts to peter out. And no pun intended there. Um, (laughs) I just got that. That's good. Um. And this was even before we had kids. So I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, we're already not having as much sex. We don't even have kids yet. This is so bad. So we kind of, I, and this was my initiative, I would say. I initiated this as I started kind of saying, okay, we need to start scheduling when we're going to have sex. And then I was like, and I told a friend this once. This was before we even got married. And she was like, what the hell? Like, how can you, that is not romantic. There's nothing sexy about that. And I was like, well, that's the only way we'll have it. Because neither of us would initiate it. And and also, I was very, very um, sensitive and paranoid about the fact that he never initiated it. After like three years, he kind of stopped initiating it. So I was like, is there something wrong with me? Like, what's going on? There was also a lot of stressors going on in our life. So I get it. So we started scheduling it. I will say, since having kids, um, and, and since I, I now feel much more confident in our relationship, 
we no longer schedule sex, although it tends to happen on about usually the same night or two during the week. We do not schedule it anymore. And I do not think that scheduling it is is all right. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're in a period of, of your relationship when you're not doing it enough, because I think sex is super important. So if it means you have to schedule it, then I guess so be it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we had to do for a while and, and that worked for us. But it just, I think when you schedule it, then it just becomes awkward. It's like, okay, well, when when are we going to get the sex going? You know, it's like on the, you got to cross it off from your planner. It's just not very intimate. <laughs> what are, are you your gonna, thoughts? Are you going to tell us about your best memory? Oh, did I have something on here about my best memory? Oh, 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 okay. So, you know, Nick and I are very, I would say, very typically one to two time a week. And it's been like that for years. Um, and it's always been, and we'll get into it a little bit later, but I've always. Is he going to kill you for saying that? I don't think so. No, he'll never listen to this. So he'll have no idea this ever. <laughs> okay. Unless someone he knows is listening to it and, and has a conversation with him about it. He'll never know. So, you know, I'm always happy with, with our sex life. I can never complain about it, but it's, it's, it hasn't really been vibrant. You know, there's, you know, when you, when you, when you're having sex with the same person for, you know, however many years, 15 years going on, 15 years for us, it starts to get a little dull. We were in Vegas last October. I was only there for two nights. Nick had been there for two nights prior. And then I got there. It was like he had been around all these hot girls for the past two days, just waiting to pounce on someone. And so I got there. We had sex probably four times in the 48 hours that we were there. And it was just amazing. I mean, if I could go back and relive those two nights simply for that, I would do it a million times over. So yes, that was one of the best experiences. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Great time. Oh, also the the Florida story that I have on here too. Yeah. That one is the one I (laughs) was like, oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. So when Nick and I were first dating, I would say we had been dating for probably two or three years. We were um, in a condo with my parents and my brother, who at the time was 10. Because he's, again, 13 years younger than me. Maybe he was 12 or 13 because I probably was 26 at the time, something around then. Anyway, he had to share a room with me and Nick and he had like he had a, a bed that was probably like 10 feet away from ours. It was a pretty big condo. And of course, Nick and I wanted to have sex. But we, you know, God forbid we skip a night at that, at that point <laughs> in our relationship. And so we had quiet sex. And there was just something about that that was just such a turn on and so amazing. I don't, I don't know if it was because it was in secrecy or I don't know what it was, but it was amazing. And of course, Joe slept right through it. At least if he didn't, he has never said anything. That is so funny. <laughs> so yeah. What about you? How do you feel about scheduled intimacy? Oh, well, I feel like a total dork because I'm Uh-oh. kind of all for it. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I'm not I judging. Mean, like I said, we used to do it. If you have to do it, you have to do it. We don't do it. Um, okay. But here's my reason for why I'm for it. Mm-hmm. Number one, I have to feel emotionally close to want to have sex. If I'm mad at you or like, you know whatever you didn't do your household chores right like that's number three like that didn't happen I am not gonna want to pounce on you I'm just not I'm I'm pissed yeah. off oh, and I yeah. I just don't want to like I can't I can't I can't move from one to the next that's <laughs> just too abrupt I'm like no my turn signals are just they don't go that that way um Agreed. and number two I just want to feel like sexy I don't know I want to be like showered and shaved and maybe wearing something other than men's boxers and a stained tank top which is my uniform when I'm at home I've seen um, that 
Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> not attractive. Um, yeah, for me, I just I'm going to be way more into it if I feel good and I feel like I look better. So uh-huh. that's important to me. It's not important to Mark at all, but it it's not it's not just about him. Right. Like I, it, it's and I try and communicate that. Um, it also helps me plan my day and evening so that it, <laughs> this sounds so bad, no. but that I'm just not missing out on like my sleep or Kindle or or whatever. <laughs> OK. Just, I mean, you know how it is, though, Gina. Like, no, I hit the ground in the morning, and I don't stop until yeah. at least eight thirty. And I try and get like we are climbing into bed at nine thirty, ten o'clock. I mean, yeah. if, if we have a sex sesh, I mean, that is that could like really swing the whole evening, right? Um, Wait, how long are your sex sessions? Oh, girl, you're getting personal. Um, yeah, I totally am. Should I? Not? I mean, no, it's fine. Like, you're making it, it, it seem really like it takes depends. a long time. Well, I mean, let's go with like 30-ish minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's significant. I'm dying to know what other people are thinking right now, what they're, because mine's probably more like 10 or 15 minutes, which is perfect. Like, I am totally okay with that. Yeah, I mean, that would really be like more my preference. Maybe, maybe 20. I don't know. I don't, I don't time it. But all I'm saying is it just can affect like the evening, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what I'm saying. But no, like if I'm getting up saying. to play hockey or trying to work out in the morning and I, my alarm's going off at 5.30, like starting at 9.30, I'm doing the mental math of like, mm, you're not going to get eight hours. You're not going to get eight hours. You know, I just start yes. doing like, and then I lay there. It's it's 100% me. Like, I don't know if it's borderline like anxiety, but I'm just a little militant about my 90 minutes a day that are like free. And I won't even call them free. Yeah. Like it's 8 p.m. and we're podcasting. Like, I'm yeah, not going to even yeah. have 90 minutes today to kind of like, I quote agree. unquote, do what I want. So for me, mm-hmm. planning it just lets me like mentally prepare for it. And then I can adjust everything accordingly. I just have my expectations straight for the night. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I Yeah. Not always. Like the spontaneity is good and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but best memory. This is pretty, pretty racy. Um, and this was a <laughs> long time ago. But Mark was a resident assistant at a dorm. And, oh, okay. um, we had, I don't, cause he, so he had access to like all of the doors. I don't know, but we, um, definitely had relations on the roof of the dorm. <laughs> nice. I, That's awesome. I want to say it was like a 16 story building. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was good. It was fun. I mean, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, okay. Huge shift. Um, what does your standard date look like and who plans it? Yeah. Okay, so our standard, I will say our standard dates are very boring. Uh, generally, if, if it wasn't for me, we would never do anything. I am always the one reaching out to friends. Um, you know, I'm always the one that friends reach out to to make plans or I'm always the one scheduling the babysitter. I mean, I have to do all the work. I mean, again, we would have no life if it wasn't for me. Not that we have a, a very exciting social life. But I, I feel confident that we get out at least three or four times a month without the kids. And if it wasn't for me, that would never happen. Um, what does a standard date look like? It's very basic. It's either we're going out with friends to a party or to a bar or to a restaurant, or we're just going out by ourselves to a restaurant. Uh, you know, we used to do a lot more uh, uh, things that would involve drinking or, you know, going to bars or going to um, like wine and beer festivals or things like that. But since Nick, does, Nick doesn't drink anymore, we don't do that. 
but yeah, it's generally just include dinner and um dinner. I mean, we are so boring. If if it's not with friends, if it's not with friends. Otherwise, it's we'll go out and we'll we'll do stuff. I can't even really tell you what we'll do. So, um, will you get a babysitter just for dinner? Yes. And how long yes. are you gone? 2 hours. Okay. Or we'll go get a drink afterwards and just and just I will have a drink and we'll just, you know, chat. Mm-hmm. Um, or we'll do there's these there are these we've done this a few times too like walking food tours in Columbus Ohio that are mm-hmm. pretty cool um, we've done that a few times also we've done the Sur La Tab mm-hmm. classes cooking classes which are a ton of fun we haven't done that in a while but we did we were doing that for for a little bit but I would say our basic date is really just dinner um, and I, I will I, I'm very I don't like being out late I'm such a loser uh, generally when we're being invited out to a party with friends is when we stay out late. But when we're going just the two of us, it's really just basically just dinner and dessert and mm-hmm. maybe a drink afterwards. Yeah. We don't see movies or anything like that. Although maybe one day we'll get back into movies, but we rarely go out to movies unless we're with our kids. Mm-hmm. Same. What about you guys? We're totally the same. Um, it has changed a little bit timing wise. I would say we used to be really good about pulling a quickie date. Um, like most weekends, when especially when the kids were younger, they'd go to bed super early. Or if we if it was just Shay, for example, like before we even had Piper, and the babysitter would come and the kids would be in bed, we could just run out. Like we didn't miss any time with the ba- you know with the kids, and we could sneak in a date. Now it's mm-hmm. like, oh no, everybody wants the babysitter. The girls want the babysitter to put them to bed. <laughs> we want the babysitter to oh, put them back to bed. Yeah. Um, except the babysitter maybe. Um, and so <laughs> we'll usually go out for a drink and then go out to dinner. Mark. We are very different in this way. On the weekends, I i mean, I don't really shift my eating schedule a whole lot. So like by seven o'clock, I'm for sure ready for dinner. Mark would eat mm-hmm. dinner like Italian style, like 9 p.m. dinners. I'm like, we live oh. in the middle of nowhere. Their kitchens close, my dear. Like there, <laughs> there is no option at 9 p.m. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, usually he would prefer like a late dinner. So it's usually a drink and then we'll go out for dinner. Sometimes the same place, sometimes different. Um, but mm-hmm. usually it's pretty casual. Like we don't really do anything fancy schmancy and we don't have a ton of couple friends so it's usually just the two of us um we do have a strong preference for saturday night um and that's mostly just because we work fridays and to me going out on friday is exhausting like i I would agree with that i just don't want to do it like i've worked all week like i just kind of want to snuggle down um but yeah we never plan what we're going to do and i think that's a huge area that we we should focus on um, because mm-hmm. I've realized through conversations about our marriage and da 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 is that I love having plans and Mark hates having, pl- he does not like to be oh. committed to things. Um, okay. And I'm like, I like my calendar and this is probably why I like scheduled intimacy, right? Like I like to have a plan mm-hmm. like do, 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 like check the boxes and just know mm-hmm. what's coming. Um, and I really like having something to look forward to. So that could be scheduled intimacy too. Um, yeah. So we're both doing a better job of just planning. And um, yeah, usually ends with bed, maybe a little bit later than usual, um, but never like really, really late and usually yeah. some type of sexy time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. One thing about me, I don't know if any other ladies who are listening to this agree. I cannot enjoy a sexual encounter after even having like a little bit of alcohol. I have always been like that, which is, I would say a pretty unfortunate thing, but I feel like I'm not the only one who's that way. I'm the exact opposite. So I cannot relate. I mean, I can enjoy it. When I was in Vegas, obviously I was drinking. I can certainly enjoy it, but I cannot fully enjoy (laughs) it if you know what I mean. I gotcha. 
Okay. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't know if it's, I know I that feel like it's a common often thing. have that problem. I know, but I think women do too. I cannot be, I know this is more common than, than I, I know this is common. I've hmm. heard this before, but I don't know. I'd love to hear other one, everyone else's thoughts. If willing to share. <laughs> Slide into our DMs about your happy endings after you've been drinking. That's what we want to know about. <laughs> okay, I love it. But I do want to, <laughs> I do want to go back to one thing about date night. The one thing that is a must, like what you mentioned, is that the babysitter has to put the kids to bed because that is one thing. Although it sounds like your kids are much easier to get to bed than our kids, even though they're easy to put to bed, it just takes a while. We will not come back from our, our <laughs> night out until the kids are asleep. Like that Text is a us must. when they're snoring. Okay. We've done no. that. We have actually done that. <laughs> your pay is cut if those little snots get up i love it (laughs) yep that's awesome all right um whenever i think our podcasts are going to go quickly they never do um some marriages are passionate and some are companionate 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 yes which would you say fits you and nick companionate i would say more so companionate if that's the right word. Um, I think I, I wrote on here that I think we're the perfect mix of both, but I would say we lean more towards companionship versus passion. I mean, like I said, we don't, we don't schedule our intimacy, but it's never, it's very rarely like on the fly and spur of the moment. Not that that's the only way you can have passion, but I would definitely say he is more like a best friend with a hint of, with a strong hint of romance and passion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't just be married to a best friend, but I think for me, that's more important because I know my parents didn't have that. I think my parents did have passion, which I, not to get too much detail, but I don't <laughs> think that they, they weren't best friends. And I saw that uh, and I really wanted that. And I feel like I have that in Nick very, very much so. Mm. What about you guys? That's cute. Um, I, companion it for sure. Um, and I yeah. think it's kind of led us to some trouble. I, and it, honestly, until recently, and this is why I urge everyone to do the love languages and not just yourself, but your partner. Um, mm-hmm. cause until mm-hmm. recently I did not know that Mark craved a physical touch, uh, from me as much as he does. And I'm not talking about sex. I am talking about like mm-hmm. in social situations, um, like make carving out like one-on-one touch looks, um, just acknowledgement. Uh, I mean something. And I did not know how important that is to him. And I will tell you what, it is not natural for me and it is hard. Uh Um, and it's not because I don't like doing it or want to do it. It just does not come naturally to me, especially after being together for 16 years. So I'm working on that. Um, but totally best of friends, great companions. We have, um, you know, very similar values, a lot of the same interests, everything like food, beer, college sports, the Alana, you know, TV, travel, how we spend our free time. Recently, you know, we both play hockey. So we have a lot in common. I would say we both love to sleep. Um, <laughs> I think uh, passion kind of completely, you know, just got sidelined from our relationship. And so that's kind of our um, focus right now, if you will. And again, I'm not talking about sex. I'm just talking about passion in general. Like, who are you actually? Like, you know, beyond um, just kind of those, those common interests and, you know, raising a family, like just honestly, like what's going on. So we're, we're going back to basics. Um, That's good. Yeah. It's, I know that sounds crazy, but maybe somebody else is there too. So um, 
I'm with you. All right. Definitely. I don't know where I found this question, but I liked it. Which three are of highest importance to you? And so here's a bit of a list. Good communication, trust, acceptance, friends, like being friends, good sex, mutual respect, physical attraction, mental attraction, common interest, sacrifice for the other, investing time in the relationship, making the relationship a priority, loyalty, honesty, or being non-judgmental. I feel like a lot of these are very similar. So it's Mm -hmm. hard for me to pick my top three, but here's what I came up with. Trust is number one, and it kind of goes back to my parents, which I won't go into too much detail about other than that. Um, Two, I said communication, especially when you have kids. If you don't have good communication between you and your spouse, you're doomed. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very thankful that Nick is a good communicator. I feel like a lot of my friends' husbands are lacking in that quality, and I... Be, I'm just beyond grateful that Nick can communicate well almost all the time. And I think we kind of started our relationship based on that foundation of communication. I, I told him, like, we need to have good communication at all times from the get-go. And he's been very good about that. And then I did put good sex on here for number three. Not because I think, well, why did I put that as number three? <laughs> I think going back to how I I think that we are good companions, I I feel like we lean so heavy on that companionship. That's like if if we didn't have that good sex part, it would be like, where's the romance? Like, where's the love? Not that you have to have sex to have love, but for me, it is very important. Or just to have sex in general. I think it's just super important. And I, the more I read about the importance of sex, not just for your relationship, but for, um, for your physical health, actually, mm-hmm. there's a lot of of positive. I forget what the Netflix documentary is. It's all about actually orgasms and the benefits they have to your body in general, like so many things beyond just feeling good. Uh, I just think that good sex is important. I really do. So, yeah. Doesn't hurt you? anything for sure. No, it uh, doesn't. <laughs> I put loyalty um, because I, I almost feel like trust can be wrapped into that. And yeah. for me, trust is very important. But I want, and again, this is like a recent uh, epiphany for me, but like I want to be cherished. And to me, that almost just lends to someone being my like number one fan. Like they are loyal to me. Um, yeah. So loyalty. Um, okay. Number two was good communication. 100% agree with you. Everything you said. And number three, I would say common interest. Um, sex is like not even in the top like five for me. Um, but <laughs> I, I was on the fence about putting um, mental attraction as number three. Uh, have you heard the word sapiosexual? You you actually mentioned this on the podcast. Oh, I did. Be- okay, being yeah. attracted to someone who's smart or yeah, just it? like emo- like intelligent. Um, intelligent, but yeah. you're like sexually attracted to it. Like you uh-huh. find that like sexy, I guess. And I yeah. would say that's very true for me. I and I told Mark this recently. Like I really appreciate how mature is not the right word, but I don't have to worry about Mark going to work and like doing a great job. Or I don't have to worry about like if Mark says he's going to do something for, you know, pick up the kids or do like he's going to do it. Like he has good organization. He has good follow through. Like I don't have to mother him. Right. Like he's a grown man and he takes care of business. Like I really value that about him. He doesn't take like he doesn't make like risky financial decisions for our family. Like it's there's just he's just smart about stuff. Like yeah. not necessarily like book smart, 
SAT score kind of smart, but he is an intelligent person and that mm-hmm. I really value. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so two resources I just wanted to mention um, before we go into our mom wins. One is called Eight Dates by the Gottmans. If you have not heard of the Gottmans, they're like the marriage couple, like gurus of the world. Um, but my... Oh. um coworker turned me on to this book and it's it's almost like a workbook. It sounds really dorky, but we've been taking it out to dinner with us and we're oh. still on date number one, um, which is on trust and commitment. But it has, you go through basically like um, we've gone through a tough time together. It just has these like lists of like things. We've we've loved a pet together. Like it's it's just random, but you talk okay. about each of these things. So we're still on oh. date one, <laughs> um, but trust and commitment. And then uh, the second date is on addressing conflict. The third is on sex and intimacy. The fourth is on work and money. The fifth, five, uh, family, then fun and adventure, growth and spirituality, and then dreams. So you work through kind of each of them and you can do as much or as little as you want. It was recommended by a friend and I, I think it's a great resource. And um, something that was also recommended to me recently is it's a book called Talk to Me Like I'm Someone You Love. And what it is, is a series of flashcards. So I really like it because um, I'm usually involved in some type of novel, but for me, I can just pick up this book and it's literally like a flashcard, like a quote of some kind, and then one page. So you can pick it up and drop it off at any point. And um, one that kind of resonated with me, I was reading it this morning, actually, it was um, the third one in the book. And it says, I wish you could hear this as me saying yes to myself, not no to you. Okay. I thought yeah, that was really I like, like that. That's I like that, right? Mm-hmm. Because yep. it, it, sometimes it's just like a mental shift. And and yeah, the perspective is huge on this kind of stuff. So anyways, just so some often, resources. Yeah. So kind of the Prepare and Enrich, we'll link to that. The Eight Dates by the Gottmans. And then talk to me some, like someone like I'm someone you love. Um, mm-hmm. All good kind of marriage and relationship uh, tools and resources for you. Still my favorite book, though, I will say is Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Mm-hmm. It is so old, but I tell you, it has stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. I think that book has so many great tips. I have, you know, little earmarks on so many pages in that book. And then there's also one, um, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus in in arguments or something about the way they argue or the way they, you know, deal with conflict. And it's also a really, really good book. A little bit more new than the than the first edition, just the basic one. And you said I'm Nick just, really liked Men Are From Mars, right? Yes. Yeah. He still quotes it. I love it. I know. It's All right, mom wins. Favorite new products, baked breaded cauliflower. I made this after you talked about cauliflower on the last episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I don't ever do cauliflower for my kids. I'll make something. So I found this <laughs> just easy, like breaded with an egg wash, um, you know, salt, pepper, simple. And I thought, you know, maybe Paige would try it. But it turns out that actually Cameron devoured it. Then, unfortunately, he had a stomachache for two days. I don't know if it was because he had a virus or if he, if it's because he's like me and really can't stomach a whole lot of cauliflower. Um, but needless to say, he was home from school twice last week. I'm pretty sure he had a virus. Anyway, he loved the cauliflower. And I will definitely be making that again. He ate a ton of it, though. I shouldn't have let him eat so much. But I was like, the kid's eating a vegetable. I am beyond ecstatic. <laughs> I think he dipped. What did he dip it in? I think he dipped it in ketchup, which I, which I know sounds disgusting. But hey, if that'll get him eating cauliflower, I am okay with that. Exactly. Um, also, have you seen Kind's new version of the Perfect Bar? No, but you. I saw it on your story. It looked really good. Okay, I went on the Kind website and I could not find it to provide a link to it. But so the Perfect Bar was our number one bar in our bar taste test episode. It's got. 
basically, well, what is it made of? I mean, I, I know it has honey in it. Um, it. It's very soft, almost like a brownie, uh, lots of protein, also quite a bit of carbs, but it's, it's more like almost like a meal replacement. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that. Um, you know, you could pair it with a glass of milk or a piece of fruit or something. And it would almost be like a meal. Um, very hearty. Uh, but the kind bar version was so good and Paige devoured it. So I usually will, me, me and Paige will go to the like the protein bar aisle in the grocery store and pick something out pretty much every time we go together. So we picked this one out and I always end up eating most of it because she generally doesn't like them. And I was kind of hoping she wouldn't like this one because I really wanted it. But she shook one bite and she was like, nope, I want the rest. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, your story I guess that's, you. <laughs> yeah, she just, I, I thought sometimes she'll, she'll take a bite and she'll love it. And then she'll take another bite and she's like, eh, I actually don't like it. But this time she devoured the entire thing. I, I think she let me have one more small little mouse bite. <laughs> <laughs> one little mouse so bite. if you, I'll have to look for it again on their website, but I, I did find it at like a basic grocery store. So keep your eyes out, I guess, for those if, if you're interested. Oh, sounds good. Uh, mine is actually a product this week. Uh, Lovin' Fresh Apple Cinnamon Breakfast Rounds from Aldi. 150 mm-hmm. calories, uh, 180 milligrams of sodium, 32 grams of carb, two grams of fiber. Wish it was a, maybe a gram more, but um, mm-hmm. only eight grams of sugar, three of which are added, uh, four grams of protein, and then 10% of the daily value for iron. And they taste great. Mm-hmm. I just throw them in the toaster oven to kind of like warm them up. Yeah. So good. Yum. And the girls now, are these really like, like a them. breakfast or a yeah, dessert? What are they? It's almost like a English muffin meets a bagel. Okay. Okay. So a breakfast, snack, it could be anything. Yeah. I'll you either make serve it, a well-rounded it with meal. like a fruit or some nuts or that's or like some chicken breakfast sausage. Like usually some type oh. of a protein or a fruit I'll serve it with. Or topped with ice cream. Ooh. Yeah. Now we're that's what I'm thinking. That sounds good. That okay. sounds really good. Okay. I will read our review. We had a little yep. slew of them come in. So Annie Alice. Annie Alice. 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 Um, <laughs> she said, these ladies are so great. As a mom who works full time in a traditional setting, it's hard to find a relatable voice in the podcast realm, but I found it. Nicole and Gina are so open and honest about working, motherhood, and family wellness. Their acceptable approach to family and health and wellness is so refreshing. So grateful for this podcast. Wait till she hears this one. <laughs> Open and honest. It's refreshing. <laughs> All right, Gina, you want to wrap us up? Sure. So coming up on February 16th, we will be dishing about heart health. What are the recommendations? How have the recommendations changed over the past 10 to 20 years? Are statins worth it? And what are the best and most effective ways to keep your heart healthy? Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitians Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram, and check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. Also, really quick, we have a Q&A coming up soon. So if you have any questions, anything, it can be a, you know, a question for us personally. <laughs> you know we're, we're going to be honest. It can be a question about nutrition, wellness, kids, whatever. Ask away and we'll answer those, I believe, the week after the heart health one, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, everyone. Until next time, be well. Nicole, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.